Welcome to the Odyssey Podcasts. This is Jean Cavellos, Director of the Odyssey Writing Workshop's Charitable Trust. The Odyssey Writing Workshop is an intensive six-week program for writers of fantasy, science fiction, and horror whose work is approaching publication quality, and for published writers who want to improve their work. Odyssey is held each summer on the campus of St. Anselm College in Manchester, New Hampshire. Adult writers from all over the world apply. Only 15 are admitted. Top authors, editors, and agents serve as guest lecturers. For more information, visit www.odysseyworkshop.org. Podcast 68 is an excerpt from Patricia Bray's lecture at Odyssey 2013 on writing a series. This is part two. For part one, listen to podcast 67. The text of this recording is copyright 2013 by Patricia Bray. The sound recording is copyright 2013 by Odyssey Writing Workshop's Charitable Trust. Some things to think about with a series. When you have a long series arc, you have to separate the arc for each book versus the arc for the entire series. Each book on its own needs a core conflict. That conflict needs to be satisfactorily resolved at the end of the book. You don't want your book to just stop. You actually have to have a resolution. The book must also advance the overall series arc. If you think about it, you think about how scenes advance the overall action of your book. Now this is a larger version of that structure. The books advance the overall action of the story arc. Okay? Each book is going to have to escalate the situation. If we're not dealing with the episodic ones, where everything you know is basically the same, but if you're building one of these long series arcs, you're going to have to have escalation. Each book is going to have to escalate the tension, escalate the situation to get to the ultimate resolution. In many series, the problems with the middle books are the exact same problems you have with the middle novel. You know, when you get to middle novel, people are like, there's a lot of action conflict, but nothing really is getting on, nothing's getting really resolved. It's one of the things a lot of writers struggle with, just as they struggle with the middle of the novel, where they have a really solid opening, a really solid ending, and the middle is where things get interesting to try and plot and plan. You want to end your book so it's satisfying, but you want your readers to want to pick up the next one. Let me actually give you an example of structuring a trilogy. Devlin's Luck, three-act story structure. Three acts, three acts of trilogies. You don't have to do this. You can expand this. It could be five acts, whatever, but we're going to start with three acts. Devlin's Luck, the first book of my trilogy. First thing you have is we have what we call the inciting incident. This is where the novel opens. It opens with a stranger comes to town. And he's gone there to apply for the post of champion. If you become the king's chosen, you get a large sack of gold, you get a target on your back, and you have a life expectancy of a couple months. He's totally okay with this. At this point, he has survivor's guilt. He has one last task to do, which is to find a way to secure the future of his remaining family, which is what the money's for. So he'll be perfectly happy to take the money and get killed. So... He goes off to the mysterious forest where travelers are disappearing. So in any case, he survives his first adventure. Boom. Turning point one, where in the three-act structure, at the end of the first act, you flip things in a different direction. Devlin has actually solved the problem. So turning point one, 
You've now spun the action in a different direction because people are saying, whoa, this is the first chosen one who wasn't killed within a couple weeks on the job. He might actually be useful to us. In the middle point of the book, these villagers are petitioned for help saying their sea raiders are attacking the coast. Devlin realizes these aren't ordinary pirates. This is actually the vanguard of an invasion fleet. And Devlin realizes that there's a traitor back in the capital. So the second turning point, as this has gone from a I am the champion trying to defend people to holy shit, there is a conspiracy to topple the kingdom. The action has now spun in a different direction. In fact, what happened is Duke Gerhard, who is the chief king's counselor, is implicated in this plot. That is the second big turning point. At that point, you're like, Everything has changed. Everything Devlin is doing, he's now changed. At the end, he survives the duel. Gerhard is unmasked. The king appoints Devlin to Gerhard's old post. The king's first counselor, something that hasn't happened for a couple hundred years. He's in the position of power. So we wrap up book one with a satisfying ending. We have the beginning, middle, end, satisfying ending. That's the structure of the book. We had the two turning points, each of which came in the book, which spun things in a different direction. Now when we think of the trilogy, all of this book is the opening. So in the trilogy structure, Devlin's Luck is the opening act. Now, book two, when Devlin's Honor starts, we have a turning point there. Again, we need to take, you know, things need to spin off in a totally different direction for that character. The turning point in Devlin's Honor at the start of that book there's a campaign against Devlin that says, hey, you know, he's missing the sword of the Chosen One, which was lost 100 years ago when we conquered this homeland. Since then, anybody in his position has been automatically illegitimate. Devlin's no different. Devlin is forced out of the kingdom. He goes back to Dunkerque. He has to deal with all the shit that was left behind in his homeland. Why is he Chosen One? What does it mean? He has to reconcile with his past. He has to deal with the fact that there's still attacks coming on him from the powers that be in Jorst, who do not want to see Devlin clean up the kingdom. So at the end, book two is now the middle section. Book two, we deliver hopefully a satisfying ending. I wrap up the plot threads with Dunker. He's dealt with problems there. He's now heading back. Okay, He's going to be able to answer all his critics saying, look, I am the legitimate chosen one, and do his job. So now we get to book three, Devlin's Justice, turning point. We need to spin the action in a different direction. What happens at the start of book three? Devlin doesn't make it home. And people are wondering where he is. And what turned out what happened is when Devlin returned, King Oliver actually had made a deal, the rival kingdom Selvaret, which had been behind book one, we had they they were secretly attacking. Book three, there's been a backdoor deal, and Devlin has been sacrificed to buy peace. So he is, in fact, imprisoned and handed over. And then book three deals with he finally escapes. And then he has book three has to deal with what do I do now? He has killed the people who imprisoned him. He's like, do I go home? I mean, I owe these people nothing. Or do I? So Devlin goes back. He leads the resistance, confronts the king. And then we wrap up book three with a satisfying ending where Devlin is actually offered the crown but chooses to remain as regent for the king's daughter. So each book plays a part, and at the end, 
we have a stopping place for the story arc. Each book escalated the stakes. We started off with one man's journey. By the end, the stakes were just, I mean, the stake wasn't just what happened to Devlin, it was what happened to an entire kingdom. And then we left it at a satisfying point, so when you finish that book, even though I still get emails from people saying, will you write more? We've tied up, the story ends have been tied up, we've tied the loose endings, we've left the characters at a good spot. Series can grow as you write and develop the world, so you can start off thinking you're writing a three-book series and find out you have seven or eleven. Um, one of the things I say, like, if you're stuck, you know, you're stuck plotting a sequel, think about what happens when the characters get what they want. I mean, just because you have what you want doesn't mean that everyone else is excited about it. Um, Another point you have is you've solved the original conflict, but the way you've solved it has introduced new complications. And you see this in some of the longer-running series, um, like in the Harry Dresden books. Harry makes some decisions that down the road the bills come due. So some of the actions he's taken, at the time they were okay, but he knew that you know it was a devil's bargain. In fact, literally one of the books it is yes. a devil's bargain. Yes. Yeah. If you're thinking about what you know, how to develop it, you know, what happens next? You know, what would be the next thing that happens to characters? Or think about what happened before this book started. You know, think about the backstory you have in there. Is there some seeds of what you haven't shown yet? Or what was happening off to the side while everybody was looking here? What was going on over there? I mean, if you think about when you're writing, you're writing about a world or situation that's this, but you have to give the reader the sense that it's a slice of a bigger world. You know, you may find yourself, as you go back, you see that you've already started hinting at these things and setting them up. So, common pitfalls, things to watch out for. You also have the problem of escalating conflict. First, you save the city. Next, the country. Next, the world. What are you going to do next? I've read, read into that with long-running series, and it's particularly a problem in urban fantasy well, at some point, I can't believe the character's in jeopardy anymore because they've taken on so many big bads. They've gone through so many threats. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just vampire number 423 of the week. Or, you know, last week they stopped the apocalypse. Now, you know, I'm supposed to believe the Yeti is a threat to this guy? You can get in there where you actually you have difficulty escalating tension. You have run out of things to do with that character. You've actually written yourself into a trap. You see that often on TV series, too, where, you know, rehashing the same conflict over and over again, um, or the giant reset button, where, like, the reader's like, wait, I thought this got solved in book two, and now you can't think of anything else to do again, so we're going to go through this again. Um, I see that sometimes, you know, the on-again, off-again relationships. You're like, wait, really? We're going to go through this one again? Um, you can also have the reset, you know, like, if you invalidate a resolution of a previous book, um, some of the people who read uh, Scott Lynch with The Lies of Locke Lamora, there was a real strong reaction to people about how that book felt that, like, there was a reset button pushed and you were invalidating things. Um, it struck readers differently, but that did cause a strong reaction to some people. Um, and you can lose your passion. I talked about that earlier. In a long-running series, the author can lose their passion. They can say, you know, but... And then you get the commercial decision of, will you be able to go out and write something else, or have you signed a contract that says you need to deliver three or four more books? Um, 
And then, of course, there's always the trouble of how you end the series. You know? I mean, at some point in a certain long-running series, you know, the writer has to decide, you know, are they going to end it and how they're going to end it. You know, we talk about using the Sherlock Holmes examples. Do you throw your hero over the falls? Do you let him retire to keep bees? You know, there's never going to be a series ending that's going to keep all of your fans happy. Every possible ending, you know, that could occur, nothing is going to make everyone happy. You know, if you're building and working to it, you have to put together the ending that makes sense to you and hopefully will, you know, will be satisfying to your readers. The other thing I just want to mention is the problem of the series is the nothing happens syndrome. By the time you've hit books, you know, four or five or six, you've introduced so many viewpoint characters and so many subplots that people can't keep track of it anymore. You're just going around, um, you know, touching and says, you've expanded it so much that you've, you know, you're losing track of it. That's a really good moment to kill off a lot of people. The text of this recording is copyright 2013 by Patricia Bray. The sound recording is copyright 2013 by Odyssey Writing Workshop's Charitable Trust.